Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Bowl Nets Podcast. So we are back with another episode and uh, today, we have a good amount to go over. I feel like I say that every episode, but it's true. Um, before we get into things, shout out to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company. This podcast, like all of our shows, is brought to you by our title sponsor, the aforementioned Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company. Check out their website at hawaiianisles.com or on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company. Or you can go on their Twitter and check them out at Hi Kona Coffee. That's Kona with the K, so H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. Woo! Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Look up Brooklyn Nets or Hoop Ball Nets. Either way, we should come up, leave a five-star rating, and review because all reviews are getting read on the podcast. Um, speaking of reviews, we actually have a couple today. It's always great to see uh, a new review pop up because we get some type of feedback. And uh, thankfully, it is two five-star reviews. Um, the first coming from Kyle Alvo 13 Appreciate the insight, and he goes on to say, really good energy and vibe for real fans. Appreciate you, Kyle. Um, We really try and bring the energy and create a good vibe for everyone that's listening, and uh, we're going to keep trying to do that. And then the next one is from MKK0998. It's titled Best Podcast, Five Star. He goes on to say, my boys Hunter and Najee are doing it big, talking about the real New York City team. Keep it up, fellas. Thank you, MKK0998. We appreciate it. Um, Yeah, the Nets are the real New York City team when it comes to basketball, and we plan on continuing to cover them for the foreseeable future. So if you want to be like MKK0998 and Kyle Alvo13, leave a five-star rating and review so your review can get read on the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. We tweet out a lot of stuff, and uh, yeah, we kind of just live-tweet the games, retweet news, stuff like that. Just be a regular, regular Twitter. Um, we actually have a pretty cool announcement. Uh, we were on Yes Network 
Our podcast is featured on Yes Network, the Brooklyn Nets magazine show that comes on Yes Network every two weeks or so. And uh, yeah, we got a little segment based on the podcast. Um, it, they came to St. John's, recorded us. I reached out to them because one of our St. John's professors knows someone that works at the Nets. Whole lot of connections, whole lot of networking. They ended up liking our podcast and putting us on TV. So that was incredibly cool. So any new listeners we have because of that, uh, we appreciate you and welcome aboard. Welcome to this ride with us. And uh, we hope you love the podcast. Um, We're going to tweet out like a small snippet of it so you guys can see what we were talking about on Twitter later after this podcast is uploaded. But without further ado, let's get into the game recaps. So between now and the last time that we've uh, recorded... The Nets have played three games. They've played the Nuggets, the Bulls, and the Pacers. And uh, they ended up winning one of them and losing two of them. The first of those being to the Denver Nuggets. So we can go over the matchup first. So the Nets had an up and down first quarter, back and forth, competitive. Then they ended up taking a seven-point lead to end the quarter. Dominated the whole second quarter and much of the third until it got to fourth where they lost their lead entirely and got outscored 22-14 to 14 in the quarter. Yeah, I feel like sec- the second half of games is really where the Nets always break down. There were some positives in this game, like they only turned the ball over seven times. They shot 81.2% from the line. But they did get out-rebounded 62-51, and neither team shot particularly well. Yeah, this was a game that the Nets should have been able to take away from the Nuggets. They shot very bad, and the Nets had a 16-point lead at one point, and they blew it. And the Nuggets only shot 10 free throws, making 5 of them. Exactly, while the Nets shot 16, making 13. The Nets shot 38 threes, only made 8, but... Luckily, this game would have been much more out of hand if the Nuggets would have actually knocked down some shots. They only went 30.3% from the three-point line as well. And moving on to the box score, we can see that uh, if we start with the Nuggets, Mr. Nikola Jokic put up a 18.10 rebound, three assist game versus the Nets. He was Shot 8 of 14 in 28 minutes. It wasn't he's crazy. An, he's had an underwhelming season thus far. For pe- Some people thought that he was an, he would be an MVP candidate on a team that will compete at the top of the West. but doesn't seem as though that's the case. No one's doubting his talent. He's a top five big man in the league. But his season so far hasn't, hasn't wowed me at like I thought it would. Paul um, Millsap, on the other hand, in this game had 18 points on 7 of 14 shooting with 9 rebounds. So he had a similar game to Jokic, which when both of them are clicking, the Nuggets are a tough team to beat. The Nets allowed 7 of the players on the uh, Nuggets to score in the double digits, and every starter was in double digit scoring, except for their starting point guard, Mr. Jamal Murray, who went a dreadful 1 of 11 from the field, and they still managed to win. He played 28 minutes, had 4 points, Five rebounds, four assists, and two turnovers. Somehow his plus-minus was still two. And it is, It's crazy to think about. The last year Malik Beasley was playing key minutes on a team that was at the top of the West, and now he does not see it any minutes. Same with Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig was a starter for them last year, and neither of them see minutes anymore. 
This and Michael Porter Jr. He only played three minutes in this one, but I feel like his minutes are going to start to ramp up down the stretch of the season. I feel like they think they have something special in him. Whether or not that that is true is yet to be seen. On to the Nets. Um, their leading scorer was actually a three-way tie between Jared Allen, Kyrie Irving, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, we can start with Jared Allen. He played 29 minutes to DeAndre Jordan 17, so that's good. Seven of ten from the field. 10 rebounds and one yeah, block. Yeah, he held his own against Jokic. It was a pretty good game from from Jared Allen. No no uh no bad things to say about him on this end. Um Joe Harris and Torian Prince, they combined for 21 points on 9 of 26 shooting. Torian and Prince 3 of 15 from 3. Torian Prince alone took 11 of those th- threes and guess how many he made? Two. A whopping two. So that well, just can't like, happen. It's not like Temple, Kyrie, and Dinwiddie were much better as t- they combined for 3 of 17. Yeah, this was not a good shooting game for the Nets whatsoever at all. Uh, Garrett Temple, he started as per usual with Karis LeVert dealing with a thumb injury. He played 25 minutes, 7 points, and 2 of 11 shooting. I don't know what to say about Garrett Temple. I don't think he's a very good NBA player, but Kenny Atkinson... Seems to think otherwise. Kyrie, 8 of 20 from the field, 17 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, no turnovers. So that's good in that case. I will say, personally, I'm not a fan of Musa and Claxton seeing 18 and 16 minutes, respectively, in a game that the Nets really needed to take away. I think they should have given Prince more than 27 minutes. Harris more than 31, Dinwiddie and Kyrie maybe a little more. I just don't think, I think Nwaba also should have played more than four I minutes per game. I think that David Nwaba should, that in some way, touch the court more than four minutes per game. What are your thoughts on Karooks being assigned to the G League? I mean, I think that it's in some way a way to cover their their. Their hindsight, just in case his court case doesn't go well, because he's still dealing with that. But I mean, the Nets already have a. They're playing Jana Musa more, and I don't think that Rodion's Karuks was going to contribute this season as much as he did last season. I don't think it's a horrible move. I think it gives him some more opportunity, some room to grow. But yet again, I think the biggest takeaway from it is that they're a little bit more worried about his court case than they're letting on. Um, but back to David, like, I think that he should play much, much more, especially when your, your, your problem is perimeter defense, when he's the best perimeter defender on this team. But I don't want to get away from your, your Rodion's Cruz question. Do you think that he should be assigned to the G League? I mean, it's fine to get time there so that he stays warm, but personally, I think I still think he deserves minutes over Musa, Claxton, and Temple, honestly. I remember the days we used to call him Baby AK-47. I still believe that. And now... And I I would like... I think Nwaba and Karooks are important rotation pieces that are not seeing enough time because I never agree with Atkinson's rotations, and I never will. I was just thinking that last year we were saying the same thing, that we never agree with his rotations, and we were getting heat for it. 
But they ended up working out, so I guess we just have to stick with Kenny on this one. But as of right now, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't play David and Wilder no over Jared, Garrett Temple. There's no Jared Dudley. Garrett Temple is no Dudley. I'm no, sh- not even close. Jared Dudley's a goat. <laughs> Moving on to their next game against the Chicago Bulls. The uh, Nets managed to win this one by six. Uh, 117 to 111. It was a. It, it was much closer than it should be. Honestly, it was up and down. They had six lead changes. The Nets took over the first quarter and a half, and then the Bulls took over for the rest of the second, the entire third, and then the Nets ran away with it in the fourth. They held the Bulls to thirty-five percent shooting from the field and twenty-three percent from three. What saved the Bulls? Is a miraculous thirty-eight of forty-one shooting from the line. Yeah, forty-one free throws in a game is insane when you think about it. The net shot thirty-one, which is also a lot, but forty-one and to make thirty-eight of them—that's great Another free throw shooting. Another sub twenty-five percent shooting night from three for the Nets. But luckily, yet again, their opponent was also worse than them somehow. Yes, they made their two pointers, which. Made up for the difference. And they also committed less turnovers than the lowly Bulls. The Bulls had 19 turnovers and Nets had 15. They they did get out-rebounded by the Bulls 56-40. to Because the Bulls had 17 offensive rebounds which the just Nets 5. Can't happen. We'll start with the Nets this one. My boy, old reliable, showing us why we call him that. The Nets played this game without Kyrie because he's day-to-day right now dealing with like shoulder... Shoulder, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a shoulder injury, and he's day-to-day as of right now. And he had 22, Joe Harris, that is, had 22 on 8 of 15 shooting, 2 of 8 from 3, so his 3 ball is still not falling the way he would like it to. 4 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, no turnovers, team high, plus 16. Torian Prince, he had uh, 13 points, shot 13 shots. Five rebounds, two assists, one block. Not his best game. He's been cold as of late. Uh, One steal. Oh, yes. Also, let me not forget his one steal. He's been cold as of late. And uh, with Kyrie out and the Nets dealing with injuries, we can only hope that he turns it around for the sake of the team because we do need him right now more than ever. Jared Allen, 11 points. He played 21 minutes compared to DeAndre Jordan's 25. Had uh, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks. Pretty good game from Jared Allen. Very they, efficient. They both had a good game. DeAndre Jordan had seven on two of four shooting with seven rebounds, four assists, four blocks. So, The player of this game, uh, I don't know if I want to give him player of the game, honestly, but Spencer Doom, when he had the most points on the team, he played Joe 30 Harris minutes. Joe Harris gets my player of the game. Yeah, Joe Harris gets my player of the game, too. He could have had a much bigger game if he knocked down his threes. Spencer Doom, when he played 30 minutes, started at point guard, 24 points on 5 of 11 shooting, 0 of 4 from three. Took 15 free throws, knocked down 14 of them, had four assists, but also had four turnovers and five fouls. So he could have had a much better game, but... Iman Shumpert made his, his Nets debut. debut. He had five points on two of four shooting with three rebounds and three turnovers and a team low minus 16. He's still getting into the swing of things. Uh, yeah, can't really blame him yet. I don't know how big of a piece Iman Shumpert is going to be for this team, especially when they have David and Wob. I don't know why they wouldn't just uh, trust him with the same responsibilities they're going to trust uh, Iman Shumpert with, but that's neither here nor there. The Chicago Bulls, 
not much to talk about on this side, outside of... Uh, Levine dropping 36 points. Almost 40 bombed us. Uh, 11 of 24 shooting, 3 of 10 from the field. He took 12 free throws, made 11 of them, had 3 rebounds. Wendell Carter Jr. dropped 18 and 14 on us. He had 9 offensive rebounds. He played 36 minutes. That just can't happen, especially... Larry Larry 16 points, 10 rebounds. They did a great job uh, containing Kobe White, who was very hot prior to this game. He had 7 on 3 of 13 shooting. And uh, that's the moral of the story. The Nets managed to beat the Bulls, which we should. We should beat the Bulls 10 times out of 10. On to the Pacers game, where we got absolutely, utterly embarrassed... We didn't even score 90 points, and we lost 115 to 86. Yes, it was uh, a very competitive first quarter, ended 18-18. You think it's going to be a good game? Absolutely not. 41-17 to in the second quarter. Never looked back. Yes, the Nets win the third quarter by 8, but they lost the second quarter by 24. So does it really matter at that point? Because then they even lost the fourth quarter by 13 more. And they lose the game by 29. The biggest lead for the Pacers this game was 30. And that's got blown out. And it's crazy because they, yet again, three games straight, had less turnovers than their opponent. This game was a lot of rebounding. The Pacers had 15 offensive rebounds to Nets 4. The Pacers outshot the Nets 43.6% to 35.7. The Pacers were able to take 101 shots to the Nets 84 the Pacers shot 42% from three to Nets 32. And they outshot them from the free throw line as the Pacers shot 76.5% to the Nets 62.5. A lot of the Nets' problems are rearing their ugly head yet again. They allowed, wait, they allowed how many offensive rebounds? At le- I'm, 15. They allowed 15 offensive rebounds. That just cannot happen. I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but a lot of the things that the Nets are allowing to happen is just unacceptable. Okay, so Spencer Dinwiddie had 28 points, 9 of 21 shooting, shot well from three, five rebounds, eight assists, a steal, a block. No one else had 11 points. No, not no one else outside of Garrett Temple and Jared Allen had eight points. Theo Pinson was our third leading scorer. Joe Harris and Torian Prince played a combined 49 minutes, shot 6 of 19 from the field to have 14 points, 2 of 8 from 3, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 turnovers. Joe Harris Harris is in danger of losing his nickname of Old Reliable because he's been the exact opposite. He's gone ice cold from 3 as of late. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's crazy because he he used to be knocked down. He was knocked down in the summer too with the FIBA World Cup. What happened? <sighs> Who knows? It, it, it's crazy. He needs to shoot better for the Nets to have any chance of staying in games. Moving on to Jared Allen, ten points, four of seven shooting, twelve rebounds. That's it. Gary, hey, he Temple. had one block. Nope. Yes, he did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Garrett Temple, 10 points, 10 shots, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Hey, he had 2 blocks. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, outside of that, our main man, the dancing machine, Theo Pinson, 8 points in 16 minutes on 3 of 11 shooting. Not much better. Had a Even in a blowout, 
David and Waba see six minutes, man. To Iman Shumpert's 18. I don't get it. Why? 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 It's like how I was on the free Napier train last year. It's free and Waba time. Like, I don't get why he would just, Kenny Atkinson would just oh, go away from fun him. Fun fact, Timothy Luau Kabara made his Nets debut. And on to the Pacers, Aaron Holiday. The Holiday the Brothers. The Holiday Brothers. This is the perimeter defense I'm talking about. The Holiday Brothers. Not not Drew. Not Drew. Not Drew. Aaron and Justin. Justin, who was almost out of the league. Combined for 44 on 16 of 30 shooting. 8 of 13 from 3. 10 rebounds and 15 assists. Aaron Holiday alone lit them up for 24, 13, and 6. I've said it before, but that can't happen. <laughs> there is no way that you can allow Aaron Holiday to light you up like that in his second year of NBA basketball. And then, DeMontis a bonus. Yes, 16 points on 16 shots, but then he grabbed 18 boards, 5 offensive, 2 blocks. TJ Warren, 37 minutes, which is a team high. 19 points on 17 shots. He only knocked down 6 of them, but he got 6 rebounds. And <laughs> but he got six rebounds, and that's about it, to be completely honest. And then Miles Turner, a lot of people thought that Miles Turner was the Pacers' best player coming in to the season outside of Victor Ladipo, of course. We actually did manage to play pretty good defense on him. 29 minutes, 4 of 11 from the field, 9 points, 7 rebounds. Three blocks. Three blocks, yeah. That, that's what he does. He's a block specialist. Specialist? What's a specialist? <laughs> He's a block specialist. And the fact that Nas Mitru Long played 25 minutes and blew the Nets out by 30. The fact that Nas Mitru Long had more points than Joe Harris, Torian Prince, John Amusa, DeAndre Jordan, Theo Pinson is insane. You want to say it again? It can't happen. <laughs> it just can't. There's no way that the Nets can allow that to happen. So... I was looking at some analytical things. That, so, wait, that's before, what I, before he gets into this, we're going to do somewhat of a deep dive on what is wrong with the Nets. Because as of right now, it's not just the turnovers. It's not just the free throws. It, it's not just the defense. This is a conglomeration of all of it. So, go ahead. Hunter did some research. And it's their on-versus-off-court statistics. And... We'll look at Kyrie Irving, their supposed savior first. With him on the court, the Nets have an offensive rating of 113, and the opponents have an offensive rating of 113. 114, meaning that it's a minus one net rating with him on the court. But with him off the court, the offense drops to 102, the defense improves to 109.5, which is a negative 7.4 difference. So the Nets are clearly worse with him off the court. And so for everyone saying it's Kyrie's fault, oh my God, he plays no defense, yes. But if you take Kyrie off the court, who's outside of Spencer Dinwiddie? Who's putting up buckets? No, It is clear to note that they're negative with him both on and off the court. Yes, yes, yes. They're negative with him both on and off the court. But there's no way that anyone can tell me, analytical and not analytical, advanced stats, traditional stats, that the Nets are better without Kyrie Irving. That's just not true. There's no way. What I was thinking was, why can he not 
win the Nets games like D'Lo was managing to do. But then I thought to myself, let's give it some more time because like we'll see later, D'Lo didn't start doing that until Karis LeVert went down. Is is D'Lo an NBA champion? Has D'Lo been in the league for for seven years? I mean, I'm not going to talk bad on my boy because D'Angelo Russell is still my favorite player. That's no. not talking bad about him, but I'm saying that's why it took him so long. Kyrie should be used to this already. He signed up when he went to the Celtics to lead a team. Am I wrong? You're right. So he had two years to learn how to do that. What I is also his excuse think, now? I also think that uh, this year for the Nets, I think he knew what he was signing up for. This year for the Nets was supposed to be a... Let's see what we got. Let's test things out. Let's wait for KD. Let's get to the playoffs. Maybe win a round. Maybe take, do exactly what we did last year. Just show that we're that exact same team. And let's add KD and a perennial all-star in Kyrie Irving. So far, if you really look at the net season compared to last year, they're dang near identical. And... and what were they last year by the time Karras went down? What, six and eight? Six and eight. And what are they now? Four. They were four and five when he went down this year. And they were four and five when he went down this year. They were six and eight when he went down last year. Last year he went down November 12th. This year he went down November 10th. It, it's eerily similar to the exact same thing that happened last season. Karras LeVert went down two days, within two days of last year and this year. And yes, it's not as gruesome, but it's still an injury nonetheless. And so, when when you look at it, like, last season when he went down, they went L. They went loss, 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 loss. At some point, they had lost eight straight and won only two between him going down and and them winning their next game. After that, on December 7th, they won seven straight games and nine out of their ten. So let's give Kyrie at least until December 7th since this season seems to be so similar to last year because that seven-game win streak is when they really made a push, when they really pushed themselves up the rankings. I mean, they had another they had another eight out of ten run as well in there. So they just were not losing. They were not losing after that one terrible streak. And so that's why I'm saying let's give Kyrie a little bit more time. Because it took until December 7th. Karras went down in virtually the same exact time. It took until December 7th for the Nets to start clicking. It is right now, what, November 19th as we're recording this? Well, November 20th because it's past midnight. Let's give them a couple, two, three more weeks. And let's see what starts happening then. So, moving on to Karras's on and off court prior to him going down. He has a positive one plus one. As the offense is one, about 113, the defense is about 112. When he's off the court, offense 105, defense 112.5. So, they are drastically worse without Karras. Not even close. Their defense is better with him. Their offense is better with him. Spencer Dinwiddie. Plus .6 with him on. Minus 8.7 with him off. Offense is 113.2 with him on and 102.7 with him off. The defense is almost the same regardless. 
so with Dinwiddie and Karras, they are positive on the court, negative off the court, badly negative off the court, which shows how impactful they are. And they are two of three players that are positive on and negative off. The only other player that that's the case for is Jared Allen, who has a 112 offensive rating on the court, 104.5 off the court, defends better at 110.5 while on the court, and drops to 113.7 while he's off the court. He actually has the biggest difference on the entire team. And you would think that, oh, DeAndre Jordan coming in, he's going to have a bigger impact than Jared Allen. No, Jared Allen has been really good this season. He's been really, really good when it comes to being his on-the-court, off-the-court splits. The Nets are by far better when he's on the court compared to DeAndre Jordan. Because let's go to DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan? He... DeAndre Jordan, on the court, the offensive rating is a 104. Lowest of anyone I've said thus far. With him off the court, it jumps to 111.6. Defense. With him on the court, the opponent's offensive rating is 114.4. Off 110.4. He has a negative 10.4 on the court. Positive 1.3 off the court. So the Nets are better with him off the court. They are horrible with him on the court, in fact. And that same can't be said for our man, Jared Allen. So that's one thing that I want to say to Kenny Atkinson. Maybe we should, I don't want to say cut DeAndre Jordan's minutes because he is, or he will be an impactful piece of this team. But as of right now, Jared Allen is playing, is making the Nets a significantly better team than DeAndre Jordan. Torian Prince is in the same exact boat as Kyrie, as the offense is 10 points better with him on the court. The defense is two and a half worse with him on the court. But overall, it's a negative 0.7 with him on the court, negative 8 with him off. So they're even worse when he doesn't play, but they're still negative when he does play. Torian Prince, I think Torian Prince is going to have a He's gonna. I, I think he's going to have a, a, a rocky season because this is a new environment for him. As much as we feel like he's some sort of homegrown talent, we just acquired him this year. So I think it's going to be a, a rocky couple of months for him at least. I think somewhere around January, late December, he'll really start to get it rolling. And this stat made me question Old Reliable's nickname. The offensive rating is identical with him on and off the court. Zero change whatsoever. The... Off, the opponent's offensive rating is 114.8 with him on the court, highest of anyone thus far, and 106.9 with him off the court. When he plays, it's a negative 6.3 difference. When he doesn't play, positive 1.6. So he has the DeAndre Jordan line. And it's tough because you want to think, wow, Joe Harris, he, he he's a net sharpshooter. He's... He was the success story of last season, if we don't count D'Lo. So what do we do with him? Because you can't keep Joe Harris off the court. He's not only integral to the Nets' offensive game plan, but to keeping the defense honest. Because with Joe Harris on the court, you have to be worried about him. Whether he's going one for 18 from the three-point line, you know he can knock it down in a heartbeat. So what? it's tough because you don't know what to do with him. You can't take him off the court, but also he's hurting you when he's on it. So it's one of those things where you just have to live with it and hope that it irons itself out. And you see how we're breaking this down? 
Aaron Bruski can do an even better job for you in your email. Folks, we have a very special announcement. Our founder, the great Aaron Bruski, has decided to write an email newsletter for the 2019-2020 season. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not only on the website. It's not in any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in the email newsletter. And you can sign up to get it for free. F-R-E-E, free. Just go to hoop-ball.com slash newsletter and sign up in 10 seconds. Literally, it takes 10 seconds. You put your email in, press submit. You get the newsletter, the bruise letter, the next time it comes out. Again, the site is hoop-ball.com slash newsletter. Aaron Bruski, straight to your inbox every week. Enjoy. So with that, I hope you enjoyed our episode on what's wrong with the Nets. In in conclusion, we obvi- injuries are a problem. We need to get our guys back. Free throws, they've gotten better. Turnovers, they've gotten better. We need to rebound better. We need to offensively rebound better and let the stop and let the other team stop doing so on us. And overall, we just need to play better defense. Get our defensive playmakers, whoever that might be, out on the court, and we obviously need to shoot better. But once again, I'm going to keep preaching. Give it more time. Give us until December 7th at least because that's when we turned it around last year. So with that, please subscribe to the Hoop on Nets podcast on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, look up Brooklyn Nets or Hoop Ball Nets. We will pop up and you press that subscribe button if you're on Apple. Uh, make sure to leave a, a five-star rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. Subscribe to the Bruise Letter. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. You can follow us individually. I'm at Adams underscore. Hunter is at Hunter underscore JKR. Our Twitter is in the little description of the uh, podcast, so you can just click that and go right to our Twitters. And um, before we leave, shout out to uh, Mike Pasador. Um, he's one of the editors at Hoopball, our favorite editor. Sorry to everyone else. And uh, he has an article entitled Frank Nudokinas has to keep starting. And go check that out on the website. And before we get out of here, let me play my little game with Hunter. So every week I'm going to ask him, well, every podcast actually, I'm going to ask him to name an NBA player with a random letter. And this week's letter is L. Larry Sanders. Ooh, I was thinking Lloyd Pierce. But did he even play in the NBA? I know he's the Hawks coach, but I don't know if he actually played in the NBA. Larry Sanders. And with that, we will see you all next time. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.